knowing why you want to create more order in your home, let go of excess, that can really help inform your decisions and help you get started. If you don't know why you're doing it, it can feel like an exercise in frustration. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here on Doc Working the Whole Physician podcast. We are so glad you joined us for this conversation today. I'm Jill Farmer, a lead coach at Doc Working. And today, this broadcast is brought to you by Doc Working Thrive, our subscription, coaching, and peer community group just for physicians. Go to docworking.com today to find out how you can thrive in 2022. I am really excited today to be talking to Janine Adams. She is a professional organizer extraordinaire, the owner of Peace of Mind Organizing, and she's helped hundreds of clients let go of excess and gain the freedom of living with less. She writes about organizing on her business website's blog, and she has a popular on the side genealogy blog called Organize Your Family History. And she also co-hosts a fantastic podcast, Getting to Good Enough, about letting go of perfectionism. So for physicians, perfectionism, Janine, is something that comes up a lot and manifests itself often in the struggle with having a lot of stuff and clutter at home in a way that weighs people down and makes them feel overwhelmed. Have you seen that in your life and business as well? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, certainly. I mean, perfectionism gets in the way of so much. But in my little sphere of organizing, certainly getting started decluttering, perfectionism can absolutely get in the way. And also figuring out how to organize what you decide to keep. Perfectionism can get in the way. And I mean, you know, over-researching, including being afraid to make a mistake, that's huge, right? And I always tell people there's no right way to do any of this stuff. And it's really, generally speaking, pretty low stakes. And compared to what physicians do on a daily basis, their stakes are high. Letting go of your extra food storage containers, not that big a deal. Yeah. I was very shocked when I first started coaching physicians now back well over a decade ago, I would say 75% of the physicians that came to me for coaching after the first or second session say, you know what I really need help with is I have so much stuff in my attic, garage, basement, closet, our house, kitchen, and I'm being overrun with stuff. And I'm so embarrassed that I'm saving lives at work and I can't get my act together to get organized or to get rid of stuff at home. And it's impacting my relationships. It's not modeling the lifestyle and the home that I want for my kids. I'm embarrassed to have other people come over. And it was really weighing heavily on them. And in my regular practice where I had coached people who were not physicians, it came up occasionally, but it definitely noticed there was a higher number of physicians who came to me with that too much stuff at home and feeling overwhelmed and wanting to tackle that. I have a couple of theories about why that is, but I'm curious if you have any theories about why we would see that in a higher percentage of physicians. That's really interesting, isn't it? As you were talking, I was thinking, why would this be? And I would imagine that physicians in their work lives really do benefit from being perfectionists to a great extent. You know, you want to make the right decisions and give the right advice. And also the way our system works, as I understand it, when you're a resident, you're not making a lot of money. So there's a little bit of a scarcity mentality for your belongings. And then once you are making a lot more money, you might have a little bit more abundance in terms of acquiring things, yet combine that with the scarcity of having lived without stuff, it makes it hard to let go. And then factor in all the decisions that physicians are making through the course of their day, 
going home and deciding about stuff in the kitchen might not be their idea of a good time. Does that resonate with you? Or I'm interested. Hundred percent. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about just the nature of medical education and the scarcity mentality that then you know sort of gets flipped for a lot of physicians anyway in terms of earning potential and how that plays into an, an interesting push pull dynamic. That was really good. And then yeah, the decision fatigue is a big factor I think for a lot of folks making a lot, a lot, a lot of decisions to come home. And then it's like, now let's make a bunch of decisions about things that, you know, aren't so interesting, like storage, extra Tupperware or toys that the kids haven't played with. And then you marry that with those perfectionistic tendencies. And that creates, again, not for everybody, but for a fairly high percentage of folks, the consequence of having too much stuff at home to the point where it starts to really have a negative impact on their lives. And let's talk a little bit about that. So somebody might say, well, what's the difference between somebody who kind of doesn't mind having stuff around and the place where it starts to get dysfunctional and maybe what are some of the consequences or results you see when it's tipped over into that dysfunctional space? Well, it can certainly have a huge impact on your time, right? I mean, if you can't easily get dressed because your clothes are all over the place or your closet's so full, you can't find the thing that you want to wear to work. It can get hard to get out of the house, start your day off poorly. You're getting to work already frazzled. That's not great. I mean, all the way down the line, having so much stuff that you can't easily function on a day-to-day basis, it makes life hard. And that's the opposite of what we want. I mean, physicians work so hard in their profession and they don't have a lot of time at home. That's my observation. They don't have as much time at home as maybe they would like. And if their life at home is a struggle because of having too much stuff, that just makes me sad, right? Yeah. A lot of physicians end up practicing medicine away from maybe where their family of origin is just by the nature of the beast. You know, that's where they end up working, not always, but in a lot of cases. And so people will tell stories about how, you know, they really want to spend time with family, but it's overwhelming to get the guest bedrooms cleaned out or the space ready, or it's embarrassing because there's just so much junk piled up. And so- it does start to have a ripple effect on, as you mentioned, the day-to-day stuff, but then sometimes on some other values-driven things that are important to us and the consequences start to feel really heavy and overwhelming. So we've kind of done a good job, I think, of creating the case for why this can happen. If somebody's identifying with this and saying, oh my gosh, you know, they're talking exactly about me or my spouse or somebody I know really well. What can be a place where somebody could start to make a shift if they're feeling overwhelmed and if the perfectionism tendencies keep them from actually making any progress on getting rid of stuff? Well, you know, in creating a podcast about letting go of perfectionism, the thing that comes up over and over with my co-host and me is getting in touch with what's important to you, knowing why you want to create more order in your home, let go of excess, that can really help inform your decisions and help you get started. If you don't know why you're doing it, it can feel like an exercise in frustration or it can just feel non-motivating. But knowing whether it's that you want to have an easier day or whether it's that you want to model for your kids how to make decisions about living with less, or perhaps it might be even an environmental ethos. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons that would be important to you I love your idea of being able to host your family when they come visit. That's huge. So getting in touch with that, that's a great first step. And then the other big thing is trying to break it down into little teeny tiny tasks because it's so overwhelming. 
And if you're suffering from decision fatigue, if you take a look around a cluttered house, it can look like a million decisions. But if you take a look at your shoes, maybe, depending on the person, that might be a lot too, or your gadget drawer, you know, in your kitchen, and really narrowing it down to a small task that you can actually succeed in doing, that can be really helpful. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. As well as I've heard you say before, sometimes it can be helpful to go to one area of the storage section of your house to be able to start in storage, because then a lot of times that's the stuff that has gotten the least attention and really has the least value because it's just there. But when we clear that out, it makes space for stuff that we do kind of want to keep, but we have a place to put it. Am I reflecting correctly your theory on that? You are, especially if we're doing a whole house. I love starting in the basement for that very reason. It's usually easy to let go of stuff in the basement. And then we're creating space for this stuff from upstairs. But it also works on a smaller level. If you're thinking it's time to declutter and organize my kitchen and your kitchen counters are cluttered, as so often is the case, don't start with the kitchen counters. Start with the cupboards because then you're creating space to put away that stuff that's on the counters, which is usually the stuff you're actually using. Take out the old vitamins, put in the current vitamins, store the stuff you're really using, that sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. That's really a great place to start. And you know, I used to say to a lot of physicians in relation to conversations around perfectionism, you know, don't try to be perfect, just be good enough. And I found that to be a bridge too far, right? Mm -hmm. For people who have, especially, you know, just the rigor of medical education, the pressure of the importance of keeping people alive and those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. So I think a physician coaching colleague of ours who has done a lot of great work in our Doc Working Thrive program and interviewed a lot of great people for the podcast, Dr. Gabriella Dennery says, I like to think of it instead of perfectionism as excellence. And excellence to me has a connection to what matters to me, right? To that values-based motivation that I think you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Why does it matter to you to clean out this area? And so I think that can be somewhat motivating for physicians to recognize maybe good enough is perfect and a great motivator for you. But if it's not, notice where you're telling yourself, well, I have these stacks of five things here by the door that I did manage to collect and put in containers to give away. But now I'm trying to find the just perfect place for my old clothes to go and for these toys to go. And so what would still feel excellent to you to have that space freed up? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that way of framing it? Well, it's interesting, right? I haven't thought in those terms since really making my wheels turn. You know, of course, my podcast is called Getting to Good Enough. So I'm all about good enough, right? And excellence, if it works, if it's motivating, that's fantastic. And that's what matters. It seems to me that's putting a fairly high bar, though, on some areas of our home, which could be pretty mundane. Like, do we really need an excellent basement storage room? Maybe. Maybe that's what works for that person. But I would also encourage people to think about what good enough is to them. Good enough isn't a static thing, right? So something that's good enough for me, and frankly, my standards are pretty low in my own home, might be very different from one of my clients. They may want, you know, extra and that's good. I think it's important to recognize that it's really an individual standard that matters. And I think paying attention to it, right? If the Mm -hmm. default for a lot of people is perfectionism. And so then it's demotivating when you don't think you can get everything perfect. So if we can dare to take a deep breath and say, okay, if perfectionism is at a hundred, what does, you know, 75% look like, or 80% look like, and is that good enough? And By the way, often that is still excellent because if I have had to look at, you know, piles of crap by my front entryway for a year and a half, and then I walk in and I feel a sense of openness because it's cleared up, 
That's excellent news. That's That's so true. That's even beyond good enough, right? So there's a way to look at it that I think can be really meaningful for folks. For people who are saying, okay, this is right. I do want that peace and freedom of more space and functionality in my life. Any other ideas that would be helpful for them to move forward in that direction? Sure. I think letting go of self-recrimination or feelings of inadequacy around the situation can be really helpful, right? If our homes get cluttered, especially when we're high achieving individuals, I think it can feel really bad. And I know that everyone feels like I should be able to do this myself. It's not brain surgery, right? I should be able to get organized. But for some people, it's really difficult. Or if you've been living with it for so long, you can't see the solutions. But bringing in a smart friend who can non-judgmentally help you can be really helpful or a professional organizer for that matter. But my college roommate is a physician in South Carolina, and she just flew me in a couple months ago to help her organize her kitchen. She's one of the most organized and smart people I know, and she just needed help, and I was thrilled to do it. So there's no problem in reaching out for help. It's not a bad thing to reach out for help, especially since physicians are so smart, right? They have to be, to be where they are. And don't feel let down if your house got away from you. Absolutely not. I can't say that enough. And I try to say it all the time when somebody does come to me with this. A lot of times there's this sort of like, and I need to tell you how, as if they've just, you know, admitted that they committed some terrible crime. I was like, yep, I hear it most of the time, at least three quarters of the time, if not more. And maybe some of those folks just have more priorities they want to talk about, but it's probably there as well. And time and time again, I hear from people, oh, it feels really normal. I was speaking at a group of probably 500 physicians on the East Coast two plus years ago, because it was right before COVID. And I asked the room, you know, how many people would say that the house being kind of overwhelmed with clutter or disorganization is something that is hard or frustrating. And the hands kind of slowly went up, but by the time they were all up, definitely a vast majority of the room had raised their hands. And I just want to say a little something about hiring a professional organizer because I've known Janine for a long time. Her stuff is brilliant. She gives great, meaningful advice on how to try to do this on your own. And many of my physician clients through the years that have done their hard work and tried to clear space out, I've said, you know, this is an option. And so hiring Janine or someone else like Janine, having her bring a team in gives you so much time back because they can do in a day or two or a few days, often what might take months or even years. And to be able to start from that kind of clean slate space is really inspiring in my experience. And my clients have really said, gosh, I wish I would have done it earlier. Well, I appreciate that very much. And and you're right. Once you get back to ground zero, you can maintain it more than likely. And then the professional organizer will help you set up systems that are easy for you to maintain. But also taking the pressure off yourself by bringing in help, I think is really helpful. And years ago, you said something that I think about all the time, which is that we don't expect ourselves to fix our car. We take our car when it's broken to the mechanic and pay in. It's not a bad reflection on us. And hiring an organizer or a personal trainer or whatever, any other kind of service professional is the same sort of thing. Yep, it really is. It can be just wildly helpful and it just brings a lot of peace and freedom to focus your energy. And especially now with the pandemic for the last two years, every physician I know is overwhelmed and tired and exhausted and, you know, for a variety of different reasons in almost every discipline. And so to give yourself permission to not have one more thing weighing on you when you get home and to have that space be about recharging and doing things that light you up and that refill your tank, I think is more important than ever right now Mm -hmm. for physicians. And so 
However, you give yourself permission to do that, either hiring and help or asking a friend to come support or making a plan of a roadmap of ridiculously easy timeframes or containers, as you talked about, identifying for yourself why it would feel really good to release yourself from the stuff that's making day-to-day life hard. I think the timing is actually really good for this now. Yes, I would agree with you. And then embracing the idea of living with less and what it would be like to have more space and less stuff. I've been doing this for 16 years and the longer I do it, the more I feel that having less stuff gives you more freedom. And the older I get, the more I value freedom, (laughs) right? So I think that really just sort of thinking about or sitting with the idea, even before you get started on the decluttering process of what it would feel like to look around and see less. I mean, I'm looking at your backdrop, Jill, and I don't see a lot of stuff and I find it so soothing and lovely. And if that appeals to you, you can get there, but you're going to have to make a few decisions to get there. Absolutely. And to recognize, you know, for some people, and I think this is important to say, right, we come at this process with some imprints, right? Sometimes some generational imprints about maybe parents or grandparents or others who lived through the depression and gave us this messaging about, you know, getting rid of stuff or keeping it around for a rainy day. And so I think that's another reason why bringing in someone else, the professional or someone else who just kind of doesn't have as hard of a time getting rid of stuff or can make easier decisions is really integral to this process. If you've noticed that you've tried to get rid of stuff for five, 10, 20 years and nothing has really changed, that's a good indicator for yourself that there's probably a pattern or an imprint of some thinking that is going to maybe get in your way from succeeding on this on your own. And it's important for you to partner up with somebody else to make a difference. Yes, I think that's a very good point. One that we overlook. I mean, cut yourself some slack here. This is part of what you grow up with. And embracing new ideas can be really challenging sometimes. One thing that I've noticed that helps clients let go of stuff is when they think about those unwanted items in their homes being able to be used by others. We can help other people so much by donating our unwanted stuff that's literally in our way in our homes. So it's this wonderful double benefit. We get the benefit of more space and where we can easily put our hands on the things that are important to us. And other people who may not have the ability to purchase new, this stuff that they would really value, have a chance to get it. And oftentimes just reminding clients of that is enough to let them say, of course, yeah, let's get this out of here. That's true. In many parts of the United States, we're seeing an influx of Afghan refugees right now. And so I had the chance to have somebody reach out and say, we have these people, here's specific things we need for their apartment. And so to go downstairs to our storage area about some stuff that we were kind of thinking about going anyway, and to deliver it to somebody to know it was going to be used immediately to help them set up space. And I know you have some background in immigration and refugee replacement as well. So that's just one example of many ways, shelters for battered women. There's all kinds of places that your stuff gets used in in an integral part of somebody else's life being improved. Right. Rather than lurking in your basement. Your example of helping Afghan refugees literally gave me goosebumps. I mean, I think that that's just a great example right now. The need is high. And if in your case, you specifically knew what people needed, that's amazing. That's really helpful. Yeah, for sure. Final thoughts on perfectionism. I know it's one of your missions in life to help people think a little bit differently about the rigidity and the pain and suffering that comes from trying to be perfect before we let our listeners go today. My personal mantra, it's on my bulletin board, is let it be easy. And I feel like when we are struggling with perfectionism, we're doing the opposite of that. So if you can embrace good enough or excellence or whatever works for you and 
keep in mind, it doesn't have to be hard. Just let it be easy. I think that that can help a lot. Absolutely. What a beautiful place to remind us of how to frame that. Thank you so much, Janine, for joining us today. It was a delight to have this conversation. For our listeners, how can they find out where you are and learn more from you? Well, if you're interested in my organizing services, you can go to my website, peaceofmindorganizing.com. And the best way to reach out to me is through that. And then if you're interested in our podcast, Getting to Good Enough, which is about letting go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love, we're at gettingtogoodenough.com. And also we're on all the podcast sites. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for joining in on this conversation. As always, give us a five-star rating if you are getting something meaningful out of this that really helps us to bring this content to more listeners. And again, if you are ready to thrive and you could use some coaching support and what physician couldn't right now, Mm -hmm. as well as peer community courses to help you strengthen your leadership and communication skills, Doc Working Thrive is for you. Go to docworking.com today to get more info. Until next time, I'm Jill Farmer. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and head over to docworking.com to see all we have to offer.